Welcome to the 22nd edition of Make Pro Wrestling Majestic Again. I am your new Majestic Champion of the World, Tiger Height. And I am the Gallery of Many Peanuts. You and I were very close, so let's talk about Ring of Honor. But Oh God, here we go. So we want to talk about the Honor Rumble. So before we really get into it, <sighs> let's talk about the order of entrance that came in and, you know, what the implication was. So whoever won this match got a shot at the Ring of Honor World Champion at a Ring of Honor TV taping at some point in time in the future. All right. So our first person was, in this order, Brian Johnson. Um, Brian Malonis, Beer City Bruiser, Don Housen, Caprice Coleman, Sledge, or Steve. Yep, Steve. Steve, PCO, PJ Black, Dak Draper, Silas Young, Ray Horace, Dante Carbonillo, butcher that immensely, Flip Gordon, Joe Keys, World Famous CB, and Alex Zane. Um, Peanut Gallery, what did you think about this match? It was messy. Well, well, number one, it was on the pre-show. So right. it's it's not like our, our criticism of this match was going to be taken in the least bit seriously because we knew it was going to be kind of a mess. I personally thought it was better than I expected. Right. Um, I thought it was actually structured pretty nice in some places where I was really enjoying the show. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, Brian Zane is not a commentator. No. Here's the thing. He is a great backstage person, and obviously as a YouTuber that is very influential on this platform, I can't really say anything bad about the guy right. because obviously he's made this work, but he is not a commentator. Right. He's very quiet. He sounds very shy, and you can hear that no matter what. Right. And Caprice Coleman, I love Caprice. He's so good. But then also he looked great, and I will say that. Yeah. Um, Donhausen with PCO and uh, Steve or Sludge, that was really good stuff. Mm -hmm. I like that little team. Um, Flip Gordon returning as his regular thing, I thought was a great little touch, especially given, oh, yeah. um, especially given the time right now because he was a soldier, and obviously we're what two days off of the anniversary. Right. So you know, there's that. Um, I thought there was some really good stuff in this. I did like their um, incorporation with some of the dojo guys. Mm -hmm. I really like that because right. um, Dante was really good. I see a star in that kid. Yeah. Like, let's really bring that out and really make him, like, really, really good. Right. So I was very happy with that. But um, Alex Zane, who was um, Ari Sterling, won the match. Um, Arlie Sterling in NX, or 205 Live. Pardon. Right. Uh, I thought he was... I didn't think he was going to be released, but no, he was here. He won. He's going to have a match with the Ring of Honor World Champion at some point in time. I don't know. I feel like that was the wrong choice. But that's just me. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, but uh, let's go into the um, show. So our first match... In the Death Before Dishonor pay-per-view was Eli Izzam taking on Dalton Castle. This was a great match. It was okay. Here's the thing. Uh, Peanut Gallery did not know um, the storyline going into it, so I explained it to him so he understood it better. I think these two have awesome chemistry. They have great chemistry, but it's very classic sort of... I did that, but that's fine though. There's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with a good classic, and there's no titles on the line. That's yeah. the thing. This was just a match, and Eli Izzam, even though he lost, he did lose. Right. Um, he did not look bad. No. This guy is the future of this company. Oh yeah. And Dalton totally. and Dalton Castle, I think, really needed this win more than anything. Yeah. Um, it was a bangerang. He looked great. Eli looked awesome. This was a, gr and also the crowd was super into this yeah. match. Which really helped the energy. It was too. a fine opener. I thought it was a great opener. Um, I didn't think it was paced too fast, but also it wasn't too slow for mm -hmm. the crowd. Um, good story into it. Will you stop playing around with shit? No. Um, it was just really good. I love this match. I will, I mean, this by far, at least as of right now, was the best match on the show. Uh, this is the second match. 
This is the first match of the main card. It is not only the best, but is also the worst match of the card. Well, the Honor Rumble is the worst match at this point. Let's just be honest. The Honor, the Honor Rumble is the worst match of the entire card. Well, that's a lie. There are other yeah. matches that were okay, really the other bad. One, okay, well, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Oh, fuck my life. All right, so our next match was Jake Atlas and Taylor Rust. What what am I watching? Two oh five live. Oh, I am watching two oh five well, live. It, again. it essentially it essentially is. Okay, here's the problem though. Um, I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know where this happened, but Jake Atlas was clearly hurt. Think he hurt his arm or something? No, I think he was knocked out. Oh, I think he was. That's straight. right. Yeah, he had a concussion. Uh, you got a concussion. Better, they, yep. Better get Joey Mercury on that case with that concussion. Oh my God! Like no kidding. I mean, this was it was scary. It was. I mean, we were sitting there. We're like, oh my God, what's going on? And then as soon as like Jake Atlas started to do something, you could tell he was out. Mm -hmm. He had no idea what right. was happening. This was a scary match at that point. Mm -hmm. Like at first, it was fine. You know, not offensive, but at the same time, there was nothing special about it. But then. I mean, I don't even know what happened, but Jake Atlas, like, went totally, like, out cold. Right. Where I think that Rust won by because they needed to end this match quick. Yeah, pretty much. That was pretty much the case. And it really was. It was the um, it was a perfect circle, and oh my god, I was so scared. I'm like, please end this now. But it was for the best because this was clearly the worst match on the card. It was. But I don't blame them. That's the problem because one of them got hurt. How yeah. can you pull off a good match? Yeah, when it, was, it was knocked It was very clearly the worst match on this card. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. You're such a I, I really don't want this. This, this commentary to continue. <laughs> All right, so our next match after that very scary match was the OGK and the This Briscoe. little boy forgot to put it in I the did. rotation. I, I did. I actually forgot to put this in the list, so I had to put that in really quick. But um, it, was, it was forgettable. It was not... I expected more. I did. I expected more. It Here, was a very. It wasn't a bad match. It was very forgettable. I right. just. I. I literally forgot this match even. Exactly. There, there were some really cool spots in it, but there wasn't that emotion that I was really expecting right. from this, especially from like four OG guys in Ring of Honor. Like, come on, you guys know better than this. Well, welcome to the Ring of Honor booking here. Right, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah, but we will. what I do like about Ring of Honor, and this really illustrated this, um, we did not see the ending, so we were really confused. And Ring of Honor has a great thing about replays of the ending of the match. So we watched it, and we're like, okay, we know how they won, which was a roll-up, but at the same time, it was fine. Um, the Briscoes, like, slapped their hands away because they wanted to do a nice little code of honor. Like, like Peanut Gallery said, this was a totally forgettable match. Oh, yeah. And I don't want to say that with an OGK Briscoes match. But it was totally forgettable. Totally forgettable. Nobody cared. I think because it, you know, it... Um, this was a bathroom break match for 2300 Arena. And I think, well, yeah, and also a lot of people died because of the Atlas Rust match, but once oh again, it wasn't God, their fault. Yeah. I, I think the energy was sucked out of the room after that because it was like, ooh, something was wrong. Right. And I think the crowd knew it, mm -hmm. and you feel that energy. And energy is a huge thing. We'll talk about that here maybe even next week because we don't even know our topic. No, we don't. But uh, we'll go on to a next match that really brought the crowd back. Oh, yeah. All right, Jonathan Gresham, Josh Woods, fantastic! It was match awesome. This was a great for match. for the ROH Pure Championship in a pure champ in a pure wrestling rules match. Pure yes. rules. Yes, pure rules. Oh shit, we forgot a match. We'll go back to that. Okay, <laughs> but um, this was a wonderful match. Um, it was. I thought it was paced very well. Oh yeah. I really liked that the rope breaks and they like took off both of them mm -hmm. at the same time because they were like fighting too much. I felt emotion mm -hmm. and drive and it really it really added to this match. What well. really got me was the fact that finally Jonathan Gresham is no longer the pure champion. Now, don't get me wrong, I love Jonathan Gresham, but he had to lose this. He had to lose it. Not not only because we needed a new champion, but also Josh Woods needed this win. Oh, yeah. Jonathan Gresham did not need no. this anymore. He made this pure division. Now let's pass it to the person who deserves right. it the most, which is um, Josh Woods. Right. 
And I swear to God, this was the scariest. As far as as pure wrestling rules goes, this is the epitome of this. This was the scariest move I think I've ever seen. So what it was, it was set up in a tombstone pile driver, right? right? Where the person was upside down. But Jonathan Gresham did a suplex Mm -hmm. from that area, throwing him backwards. And I swear to God, Gresham's feet touched, and then the rest of his body just... Kaboom, and you felt that right. whiplash. I'm like, oh my god, that was the scariest shit I've ever seen. Thank god they ended it, but it was uh, awesomely paced. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then it went to the it went to the time limit, mm-hmm. and Jonathan Gresham sitting there like, oh no, we're not. No, doing it was it a it was a. Um, I thought it was like a double count out or something. No, it was um, because it was a time limit. Oh, that's right. It was a time limit for the pure rules match. Yeah, it was a pure rules match time limit, and Jonathan Gresham said, oh, no way. And it, that actually added to the match. Right. They did like a whole other 10 minutes. I swear to God, this was the longest match, but it didn't feel like the longest right. match. Um, it was wonderfully paced. These two are... This is the future of this goddamn company. Mm-hmm. It really is. And Josh Woods won it. I'm so happy with it. 100% thumbs up on this match. So I'm, I'm not surprised that we missed this match. So we totally missed this match for a multitude of reasons. So, uh, Violence Unlimited, Homicide... We, we watched it, but I was cooking dinner at the time. But I, I, I'm glad that I cooked dinner at the time because mm-hmm. it was better than you miss. You missed absolutely nothing. This match was absolutely Terrible. No wonder the OJK Briscoes. So this was before the OJ uh, OGK Briscoes match. No wonder the crowd was dead. Oh, I know. Mick. Um. There was nothing memorable about this match. Um, it was for nothing. It was literally just a lot of it was set up. Um, John Walters did some stuff, but at the same time, you knew that there was cooperation, which is what you don't need in a wrestling match. And how the fuck was this violence? This is violence unlimited. Why are they wrestling a bunch of pure superstars? It doesn't make any sense. Might as well call it library unlimited. That's how boring it was. There was was nothing about this that screamed of these guys being violent. Zero. The only thing exciting about our library is like the third floor of the the only the only person the only person that I gave a shit about within this match in general, other than maybe Lee Moriarty. Was that was the only person I gave a shit about. Really, homicide? No, I don't care about homicide. I thought I thought homicide was the best he, one. At he, least, at least, at least in the team of fucking losers over here, I couldn't care less about uh, any homi- of these other Homicide people. is about as relevant as a wet fish in a Wuhan supermarket. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess that's pretty relevant, isn't it? I guess so. But at the same time, the, the rest of the people I couldn't care about. Oh, I know. Homicide was the only one that I gave a shit about, and then obviously I mean, Lee, Lee Moriarty. Moriarty. I just, I just remember him because, like, oh, I remember because he's just signed a contract with AEW. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the future appear, and then also, so, um, it was a Death Valley driver for violence to win. Number one, they were not. No, this was terrible. It was a terrible match, but the foundation promo after. What the fuck was the point? There was no point other than for Jay Lethal to just to jerk himself off. Exactly. I'm going to talk about that when we make Pro Wrestling Majestic again, but this was 100% a fucking thumbs down Also, match. Is this, this sucks. Jay Lethal's not a champion, is he? He is not a champion. Oh, so he just was off the card because of reasons. Yes. You got it. All right, a six-man tag team match that was substantially better than the Violence Unlimited nonsense for the Ring of Honor World Six-Man Tag Team Champions Shane Taylor promotion. It still wasn't all that good, though. It wasn't. It wasn't good, but it was better in comparison. I mean, okay, come on. You you can you can get Drew McIntyre <laughs> in the club versus um, versus uh, Jinder Mahal and Veer and Shanky and still have a better six-man tag than the we've other seen one. a better six-man tag with those guys in it. Nick. Um, but yes, LFI, where um, La uh, Faction Ingma Mable. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I feel like he's like doing that on purpose. No, P in the Gallery cannot say Ingo Bernable. It's the I cannot pronounce thing. in a fast pace. Ingo Bernable. He has to Ingo literally. He has to literally sound it out I like do. a child. I do. I am child. <laughs> and the, the weirdest thing is, he can he can literally say anybody's name in Spanish totally fucking fine when we do uh when we do like CMLL or triple A but for some reason when we go to Ingo Bernable he like falls Ingo apart. Bernable. it's so fucking weird 
Anyway, um, the match itself was fine. Uh, Shane Taylor was taken out, so um, O'Shea Edwards came in. I don't understand the point of it, but at the same time, it was fine. It was fine. There, there was a yeah. better, there, there was a better way to do that. We'll talk about that when we make pro wrestling majestic again. But it was a chair shot by once again fucking Shane Taylor. So what was the fucking point of this? Right. Um, it was a chair shot to Kenny King for um STP to. Keep the belt. Shane Taylor Promotions. It's not STD. It's STP. I said STP. I know. I'm just reminding the fans <laughs> in the audience here. Yes, and they retained. It was a fine match. It was. It anything. was. It was. It was forgettable, just like the other. Totally forgettable. Match. But Shane Taylor Promotions obviously continue to bring up these belts, and they're awesome. I love Shane Taylor. They're not doing a great job with it, but they're. they're I think they're doing fine. a damn fine job. Eh, but we'll talk about that. I forgot anyway. about it. Anyways, let's move on. Oh my god, what a match. So, um, Miranda Elise and Roxy for the inaugural Women's World Championship. Um, oh my god. At this point, this what was the best match of the night. Match. This was awesome. These two have this In my fire. opinion, this was the match of the night right here. Really? This was the match of the night. Now, there are a lot of people... I will say, for Ring of Honor, this is their Trish Stratus and Lita. Like, right here. I, Rival, I, I, I can see that, but... There was, there was a right emotion, a right it's, pacing, it's too, and timing, too and everything. new for that. I but know, but there, there's magic here. As, there's as far, magic. As far as... Yeah, there, there was... I could see them wrestle each other a thousand times and not get sick, but it was just... Mm, Yummy, brilliant stuff. I mean, Roxy is awesome. Uh, it kind of it it reminded me of what I would normally see on something like NWA or um, NXT or some of the OG like WWF matches. Like there was that hard hitting. There was the emotion. There was the passion. There was there was good pacing. It was and yeah, great the pacing. Timing. Yes, um, they were very comfortable. So everything felt stiff and nice, but you knew it was safe. And it was a code not, not red. stiff in a bad way, but it was right. it was it was stiff in every, terms every, of everything. Everything looked really snug. Like there was that like, face wash that looked like Roxy's soul left her body, and it's like you know that that was totally right. comfortable I mean, for these. This women. was a very well booked match, not only because of the storyline running into it, but also because of the match itself. Mm. It was this. It was, this made this mm. title feel important. It did. And it was a great match. This was a fantastic match. And Roxy won with the code red. And what I really liked about it was that um, Elise kicked out, like, literally not even a fraction of a second after that pin. It was that close. Yeah. They're doing a rematch. Mm -hmm. They have to for final battle. Oh, yeah. If they don't, they're missing this opportunity. Yeah. This has to they're be. They're going to have a rematch. Absolutely. 100%. Two thumbs up. This was just Awesome. Match of the night right here. Roxy won. Um, feel good moment. And the families were there. And Maria's great. And every everything just clicked mm -hmm. in this match. Just exactly. awesome professional wrestling match all the way around. All right. We got our main event for the Ring of Honor World Champion in a four-way elimination match. It should have been Bandito versus Brody King. That should have been it. The other two were just there as fodder. I, no, here's the thing. Okay. I'm, I, I just, I, I, you know what? If it was a traditional fatal four-way or a four-way match where first pinfall to win, uh, that would have been one thing. I did not realize until halfway through it was an elimination. And to me, when you have an elimination match, it just it feels cheap. It just does. I mean, I can see your argument, but at the same time, all four of these guys deserve to be in this match. They did, but it should have been a traditional four-way match. I feel First like there's pinfall to a finish. I feel like there would have been more emotion into it if it was a traditional. Yeah, I do agree with you. Because EC3 that. literally like he like chair like, shot himself out of the match. Right. Yeah, it was a chair shot for EC3 it was so to be eliminated. Like, wait. And it was an all-seeing all eye on Flamita, and then, once again, Brody King looking like a monster. Right. It should have been Brody King versus Bandito if they or wanted if, to do something like that. Right, this. if they wanted to do a four-way, it should have been first, Paul, uh, first, first pin versus submission, mm -hmm. whatever. Um, and then Bandito won with a crazy roll-up, 
and this was, I mean, I liked the match personally. It could have been better. It could have been better. 100%. It was not as good as a women's match. No. It was then, second. It was the second best match of the night, but it was not the best match of the night. I'll have to agree with you. I thought the women's match had more emotion. I thought it felt more important than the Ring of Honor World Championship match, mm-hmm. personally. Um, but yes, Bandito still the champion. I'm very happy about that. Nobody here was buried. That's the other thing, too. That is the other thing, yes. Even um, EC3, who was eliminated first, was not buried. What I, what, I, what, I like, what, I, what I really like about this is, number one, you set up your next Ring of Honor World Champion match with Brody King yeah. and Bandito, but you also have Demonic Flamita EC3, which you know that's going to be awesome. Well, that should have been what would have happened tonight. That should have been tonight's yeah. match. But anyways. Well, we'll talk about that when we make pro wrestling matches again. But when we come back, Pina Gallery. What are we talking about for Heckling? Well, we're going to do our second episode of A Booking Styles, and tonight we are going to be focusing on the Ring of Honor television head booker, Delirious. Delirious, thank you. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. All right, we're doing heckling. Pina Gallery, let's talk about Delirious and the booking styles of Ring of Honor. Go ahead. Uh, all right. So let's talk a little bit about Delirious's career first. So Delirious is obviously is a now part-time Ring of Honor uh, wrestler. He got his career started in 2001. By the time 2011, 2012 comes around, he's ready to hang it up and, and move into other roles, which he did. He became Booker, I believe, in 2013 or 2014, if not even earlier than that. And he has been booking, a, he's been booking um, ROH ever since. He's that. a head booker. He's a head booker of ROH television, yes. Um, and so he has, he has creative control over what is happening on Ring of Honor. Now, if you notice a theme about Ring of Honor, I've, I've been understanding kind of why Ring of Honor itself has been nerfed by, by what's just been happening in the pro wrestling industry. Now we all talk about. Now I'll discuss and I'll discuss this in a future episode. But I want to talk about, you know, how we talk about like TNA or Impact Wrestling becoming nerfed. Mm-hmm. I believe that Ring of Honor has been nerfed more than Impact Wrestling has. I think so. I agree. With like you. they have always played second fiddle to any other promotion that rises up. Not even WWE. We're talking like second tier promotions. I mean, you think about their their first big one was when NXT was starting to sign all the big indie stars. When they, um, that was their first big right. like um, signing purge. Yeah, so signing you had, purge. So you had Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick um, Strong. Roderick Strong. You had a lot of these heavy hitters, especially in Ring of Honor, that left. You had Samoa Joe. Well, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, they didn't even start out in Ring of Honor. They got signed by TNA. Right. They were third fiddle to these promotions back in 2013, 14, 15. Um, Impact started to go down, but then we got AEW coming up in 2019 where you lost Cody, you lost the Young Bucks, you lost... Right, Cody Cody was Ring of Honor world champion at one point. Yeah. Um, the, the point being is that Ring of Honor has not only been nerfed by the top-tier promotions, but they've been nerfed by second-tier promotions as well. And I agree with that. that is a situation they find themselves in right now. They just got nerfed by their second-tier promotion brethren over at AEW. AEW is not considered second-tier, but you got these heavy hitters. Uh, between WWE and AEW, I'm sorry. WWE is still top-tier right. level but, shit. But the point being is that you had been, you, you had literally been, I guess, mauled by multiple right. promotions. Because, because because your shit's too right. good. And so even people who leave WWE, they'll tend to want to go to AEW over ROH. Or right. Impact even. And that's through no fault of their own. I'm going to talk a little bit about Sinclair Productions, uh, monetary contributions to ROH. But <laughs> so I think the biggest thing that, that Ring of Honor is putting themselves up against at this point in time is that um, they are not necessarily the first, second, or third tier promotions are kind of, they, they kind of want to brand themselves. They've always done it this way. This has one, been one of their strengths was they wanted to brand themselves as the indie promotion. 
Right. Now, this is here's, top indie. now here is the problem with branding yourself as such, is that there are so many different styles of wrestling that mm-hmm. how do you, what is, what's independent to you? The pure division. There is a pure division, but there's also lucha rules. Yeah, they're doing lucha rules. I mean, either strong style rules, there's traditional, you know, professional wrestling rules. There's, there's so many different styles of what would be considered indie wrestling. Right. And I think that this plays to their weakness as well, is that ROH, for the longest time, me ever since 2011, 2012, they've literally been this pro wrestling ship without a rudder. In, in that they, did, they have not defined what their style of wrestling is. I think what they are have, they? personally. Are, are, they, are they a pure wrestling promotion? Because only half their matches are contested under pure rules. Are they lucha style division? Okay. Are they a strong style? Okay, okay. Are they in, in, traditional in, in, grappling. Like, I, I will. I will say in their defense, at least to that point when they started, in like two thousand two, two thousand three, they did this style that's popular in AEW now. But also they did have that code of honor stuff, which right. we talked about. Fucking, I feel it feels like eons ago when it comes to uh, Ring of Honor wrestling in our show. Um, but I feel like the pure wrestling rules do define Ring of Honor to a point. They do. But if they want to define that as their style of wrestling, that needs to be their style. I'm sorry, you cannot have... And, 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 and even then, it's kind of challenging because right. then you have NWA. Right, exactly. And that's the other thing, too, is that they're contending with so many different wrestling promotions. And, and they, they, seem to, they seem to have a struggle with finding a niche. Right. And that has always been ROH's problem. It was a lot easier five years ago to find that niche. It continues to be a problem today. Right. And that's the point. I mean, NWA even has a niche. Right. NWA has more of a niche, I believe, than any other promotion right now. And it was easy because, obviously, NWA has history behind it that ROH does not have. But the, the point being is that... ROH needs to find what they are good at and keep doing it. And pure is what they are good at. Right. And they need to keep doing that. But right. they don't. Because they want to be the, quote, indie. But the indies are, like, whatever at this point. Right. Every, every promotion is indies. AEW is indies. Right. WWE NXT is indies. I mean, right. what the hell do you want? Anyways... The other point being, too, is that I think that Bandito has, no, um, sorry, not Bandito, Delirious. Delirious, has been in this position for way too long, and that he is not capable of making changes as quickly as some of the other bookers are. Hmm. And the reason I say this is because I want to talk about the fact that Ring of Honor is still relying on the draw of top stars. They're kind of in the WWE rut when it comes to relying on their major stars as drawing power. How so? We couldn't get through a pay-per-view without Jay Lethal showing his face. Jay Lethal wasn't a part of WWE, ever. No, I'm talking about ROH. Like, we couldn't get through an ROH pay-per-view without... Yeah, but Jay, but Jay Lethal's Ring of Honor homegrown and bred, and he's going to be there forever, other than his spell with Impact. But even then, he was with Impact when it was, like, at its lowest. Right, but the point being is that they have a struggle with building new talent. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. Okay. I 100% have to. I think they have a very strong roster. I think the re- the reason that Ring of Honor continues to exist is because they can build new stars. They have Roosh, Dragon Lee. I mean, the whole Bessie Adele, the, the whole um, LFI. You have Brody King now, which they're building amazingly. He looks like a monster. He feels like a monster. You have Bandito. EC3's career resurgence here in Ring of Honor. Demonic Flamita. I mean, there, there's a huge crop of people. Jonathan Gresham, who's expressed interest in the Ring of Honor world champion, who he could theoretically go for and be totally fine. My issue is, I feel like your criticism of Ring of Honors is predicated on where older stars went 
after, like your Red Dragons, your Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fishes, Adam Coles, um, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega's, like all of them. Mm -hmm. um, Hangman Page, he started in Ring of Honor. Yeah. So where they where they started and where they are now, it's a little bit different because right. Ring of Honor does this. Yeah, it, it does. It's very prone to it too. It's more prone to, in my opinion, than Impact Wrestling is. It's well, it's it's dramatically fluctuated. It does. It does. And I think part of it too is we have to place some of the blame on Sinclair, who does not do even while Impact was jumping from network to network to network, people knew about Impact Wrestling. Right. It did not matter which brand it was, but with Ring of Honor, there there wasn't the same sort of Sinclair is a huge production company, and and they they don't give shit to Ring of Honor. I think part of the blame goes to them. Right. It's not entirely and, Delirious' and problem. I actually honestly think because because Impact Wrestling still manages to stay in somewhat of a. Even even if it's not the best of reputation, it's still around. You still understand what Impact Wrestling is before Ring of Honor is as a wrestling fan. I feel like, here's the thing. With Ring of Honor, I feel like Ring of Honor has lost its identity. Exactly. They've had an identity problem for at least half a decade, and I think I can blame... I can agree with that. I 100% agree And with I that. think I blame a lot of that. I think I blame some of it on Sinclair, but I, I do think that the booking style has a little because, bit because, to do because with it. Because they have adjusted from one thing to another to another, and they're finally exactly. starting. Here's the thing. We are right on the cusp of the Ring of Honor resurgence of finally starting to click again right now. Yeah. They have, they have a really strong six-man. They have a really strong pure. I'm not sure who texted me. But it took them long enough. It's and, okay. and, at, and at the same time, they're fifth fiddle now. No, that. but here's the thing. It's still a place for guys to work. And obviously, there are people who want to go there and work in Ring of Honor because it's Ring of Honor. Right. Um, obviously, there has to be blame on Delirious about that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they build it, but at the same time, you know, when you have a core group of guys and they have that, there's not anything to where new guys can be built. They do right. it, but it takes a lot longer yep. because there's not that there's not that groundwork. Right. Adam Cole's not losing to Eli Izom or Cody is not losing to well, he did lose to Dalton Castle. And Dalton Castle is one of those guys where you can really build He's a Dalton, veteran at this point. Dalton Castle's been there a long time. And he's also he also has credibility that he's beaten some of the best in the right. world. And they're not they're not capitalized. Well, they did. Well, they kind of did, even if Dell and Castle won. Right, but they they're not capitalizing very well as far as they have. Right. I th I mean I think they're doing a little bit better now. But when you have the Briscoes being on OGK, who benefits from that? Have the Briscoes go against a new tag team. Right. Or have you know one of them be in that Fatal Four Way Ring of Honor World Title match and right. build. The credibility even more of Bandito. You had Roosh, who beat everybody. Right. And I think here's good and bad with Ring of Honor for me. They are building new stars right now. The problem is they should have been doing this three years ago. It's, but it's harder when your entire main top talent shit is purged. Right. And it happens all the time. You know, you had Austin Aries, Samoa Joe, so, AJ Styles, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian. You had all these guys, and they're purged to impact. So let's build up new guys. So, so like your you, Kyle O'Reilly's, Adam Cole's, Bobby Fish's, Roderick Strong's, blah, blah, blah. And then they're purged by WWE right. 10 years later. So, so here's my question is, who do you think is better? And I'm going to do, I'm gonna do a, a booking styles of Impact Wrestling. But I want... Mm -hmm. I wanted to get your opinion. Who do you think is better at building new stars quickly? Is it going to be Impact Wrestling or is it going to be Ring of Honor? Ring of Honor. Over, I think. What, what about over the short term? I think that I think Impact is better at building new stars. I'm sorry. I, I have to. I have to disagree with you. Here's the thing. Name me five top tier talents in Impact Wrestling. Right now. All right, you got Moose. Mm-hmm. 
You got the Motor City Machine Guns, which spent a lot of their time in Ring of Honor, but they became well-known within the Impact Wrestling system. Okay. Uh, you got Trey Miguel. Okay. Um, obviously, someone like... Okay, I'm going to say Christian Cage. But another reason I'm going to say Christian Cage is because Christian in WWF before going to Impact Wrestling was not a big deal. No, that's true. But he became a big deal in Impact Wrestling. Okay. And I can say that for a lot of people right now. I would have I would have taken out the Motor City Machine Guns because they were established and Christian because they are already established. I would have put in W. Morrissey because yeah. he's really good. And also, this is his resurgence. And Edwards? I, I mean, he's not... He's not our favorite, but he is a, a well-known right. star. And then Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan. Um, right. For me, I can name 10 guys of Ring of Honor right off the top of my head that are here right now. You have Demonic Flamita. You have Bandito. You have Ray Horace. You have Donhausen. You have but, but outside King, of outside You have of Ring EC3. Of Honor, but outside of you Ring have PCO. You have, I mean, here's the thing. We're not talking about outside of it because all of these guys can be signed by any company because they're getting that attention. That's the thing. Bandito is a top-tier talent. Brody King is. Jay Lethal is. They're all top-tier shit. They're building it now. But the problem is with Ring of Honor is that they're so purged without refresh that it's, hard for, it's, it's a lot harder for them to build those new stars. It took them five years to rebuild where like a company like WWE can rebuild in two. Right, but my, my point being is that I don't think Ring of Honor is good at building new stars after they have been purged. I think Impact Wrestling is a lot better it at takes, it. It takes, it takes Ring of Honor more time to build new stars. It does, but I think that's to their detriment. It, it definitely is. I'm not disagreeing with you there, but we're seeing this right now. We are. We are. But honestly, how much more time do you have? Right. I'm not saying that Ring of Honor is going to go out of business, but it's like... And I'll, 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 be, one, I'll be honest with you. I think I've never hear, heard you speak more passionately about a promotion and their booking style other than Ring of Honor because you like Ring of Honor. I do. I love Ring of Honor's booking. I mean, they do a good job of it. But again, I think I think that the wrestling is good in spite of the book. Delirious, not okay. because of Delirious. He has been on the chopping. I mean, fans ever since 2015 have wanted him to be out. This is true. Like he is very. I'm not say he's bad at it. I I just don't think he has the experience that some of these other people do. And I will say one thing, um, Delirious seems very indecisive about his booking style. So it's starting to get a little 50-50, and is. I'm it's not to digging. Bit, it's, it's starting to get better. But the only reason it's starting to get better is because he has nowhere else to go. He has relied so much on established stars mm -hmm. that at this point in time is so purged that he has nowhere else to go. Right. Um, but, I mean, that's pretty much all the criticism I have at this point of what's been going on with Ring of Honor. Okay, I thought that was a good discussion. So when we come back, uh, we are going to be talking about the history of Death Before Dishonor. All right.
All right, with peanut, Ga with peanut Gallery's diatribe about uh, Ring of Honor's booking in general, let's talk about uh, Death Before Dishonor. Because it's actually a very relatively strong pay-per-view every single year. Mm -hmm. And it always happens. But the, here's the problem with Ring of Honor's um, Death Before Dishonor almost immediately. Okay. There's not a consistent month that it's in, ever. It always happens at the end of the summer season. But here's the issue. Uh, it happens in July, August, and in September. Mm -hmm. There's never a defined month, like with your Summer Slams, where it's always at a certain time. Right. And very minimally is it anywhere else. Uh, you know, Death Before Dishonor, a very fresh history, their first show. Mm -hmm. Let's bring that up. Uh, their first Death Before Dishonor happened on July 19th, 2003. At the Rexplex in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Um, there is no information regarding the Rexplex at all. To what I could find, the capacity for the arena was about 600 people. Right. So not the biggest of our venues, but Ring of Honor always started very, um, uh, very humbly. Let's put it that right. way. The show featured 11 matches, main evented by Samoa Joe, defeating Paul London for the Ring of Honor World Champion. He defended the championship successfully. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, oh my god, CM Punk was the first one. Honestly, Paul London was the first major indie signing for WWE ever, I huh. believe. Because Paul London was a big main eventer in Ring of Honor, and he was huge. Right. When talked about for tape trading and shit, you really made that drinking out of the wine a lot more complicated than it should have been. <laughs> no, we're fine. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so the this card also featured CM Punk versus Raven in a dog collar match, and AJ Styles and Amazing Red versus the Briscoes for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. If you really want to know how dated the Briscoes are in Ring of Honor, this show happened in 2003. Jesus. 2003. The Briscoes are there. They're, they're there. They're not going anywhere anytime no. soon. The second Ring of Honor show is very unique in its own way. Number one, um, the new logo because the old logo was dog shit. But... Right. This was the first major professional wrestling organization, at least on the indie scene, is concerned, that had their um, pay-per-view on two different nights. Mm -hmm. the, this happened on uh, July 23rd, 2004 and July 25th, 2004. Okay. And it happened in uh, the first show happened in the Mulerner Center or the Mulerner Building in Watudosa, I butcher that immensely, W-A-U-W-A-T-O-S-A. Wauwatosa? Wauwatosa, thank you. Wisconsin, and night two happened in the Folger Field House in Chicago Ridge, Illinois. Here's a problem. There were a lot of repeat matches between these two. Mm -hmm. So basically what these wrestlers had to do, they had to wrestle night number one is in Wisconsin. Okay. Then they had to get into a car and drive to Chicago in one night mm -hmm. on a Saturday and make the show on Sunday for another pay-per-view. Right. Fun shit. Let's put it that way. Right. Now, night number one had eight matches, main evented. By the Second City Saints, CM Punk and Colt Cabana taking on the Briscoe Brothers in a two out of three falls match right. for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Uh, the card also featured Samoa Joe versus Homicide for the Ring of Honor World Champion and Doug Williams versus Alex Shelley for the Ring of Honor Pure Champion. Ah. Night number two had nine matches, main evented by the Second uh, the Second City Saints, CM Punk and A Steel taking on Dan and Maff and BJ Whitmer right. in Asia. Excuse me, in a Chicago street fight. Other matches on the card including Samoa Joe versus Colt Cabana for the Ring of Honor World Champion mm -hmm. and Doug Williams versus Austin Aries for the Ring of Honor Pure Champion. Okay. 
Now, this marked the first one with a uh, double knight main or a double knight card for Ring of Honor, and there have been four other death before dishonors that had three or had two different knights. No show of Ring of Honor's had a third, and there I don't think Final Battle ever had a two nighter nor any other pay per view. It's always been death before dishonor. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Hmm. So this show. Ring of Honor or Death Before Dishonor 2014 is significant because this is the first Death Before Dishonor that featured NJPW stars. So, the NJPW Ring of Honor partnership was made official on February of 2014. Mm -hmm. This happened in July of 2014. The card featured the Young Bucks, who were full-fledged in uh, uh, New Japan at this time. Right. And AJ Styles, who at that time was the IWGP Heavyweight Champion. Right. Uh, the And also, at this time, Red Dragon, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly were the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Okay. There is a uh, person tweeting me, so that's Hooray. always fun. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Death Before Dishonor had some memorable, memorable moments and matches uh, over the course of Ring of Honor that has really instigated this. So, CM Punk won the Ring of Honor World Champion right before he signed with WWE. Right. Death Before Dishonor 3 by beating Austin Aries. He signed his WWE contract on this championship. Right. And this and that was the show right after he won the Ring of Honor World Champion in Death Before Dishonor. There was a brand warfare that happened at this show. There was a um, team Ring of Honor, led by Samoa Joe, mm -hmm. taking on Team CZW, led by um, Chris Hero, mm -hmm. and this was a Cage of Death match at Ring or uh, Death Before Dishonor Four. Okay. Death Before Dishonor Nine, I believe it is. Xi, that's nine. Yes. Mm -hmm. No, it's eleven. I want to make sure. Oh, no, it's VI. I'm sorry. Oh, VI. The six. That's six. This had probably one of the most legendary fatal four way elimination matches in Ring of Honor history. Also, number one, this was a uh, elimination uh, fatal four way match for the Ring of Honor World Champion. Right. The defending Ring of Honor World Champion was Nigel McGuinness. Obviously, you're doing good there. The other participants in this were Brian Danielson, Claudio Castagnoli, and Tyler Black. Nice. Think of that match. Mm -hmm. Especially at this time. That's insane. Right. And um, one match that I did, I could not find a really good, uh, like a really good picture for because it, I don't know why I couldn't find a really good picture for it, but I couldn't. But... Um, also, the All Night Express defeating the Briscoes in Ladder War 3 at Death Before Dishonor IX, which is 9. Right. That's 9. Yeah. Yeah, that's 9. Yep. Um, and there's only been there has only been one year that there has never been a Death Before Dishonor, and that was in 2020 for obvious reasons. Right. Because usually that happened in the summer, and there was something that was happening in the summer. And it was really funny. Uh, Peanut Gallery and I, I think, what was it? A day before lockdown was official that we were going to go to No, that a, was the anniversary show. Yeah, it was an anniversary show. No, we were going to go to a Ring of Honor show, and the lockdown stated, like, the day before. Yeah. Ugh. It kills me. I actually was about to say something about that. I was going to say something anyway about it, because they're going to be coming back here, hopefully, this next year. But... Um, Death Before Dishonor has been around since the um, start of this pay-per-view. There have been a lot of great moments right. and a lot of great things about this pay-per-view. 
But Death Before Dishonor is great. I love Death Before Dishonor. I like anything um, Ring of Honor. Right. But Death Before Dishonor is always one of those pay-per-views. I get excited about this like I do with SummerSlam. Right. Or um, All Out. Yep. Very much the same way. So when we come back, we're not only going to make Ring of Honor and Death Before Dishonor majestic again, but we're going to make Pro Wrestling majestic again. Thank God. All right, Peanut Gallery, let's make this shit majestic again. We're starting with the Honor Rumble. Number one, just immediately right off the bat, Brian Zane should not be on commentary. Zero percent <laughs> of that is interesting. Also, the GM of Ring of Honor Television should be fired, and so should the head booker, because they're terrible. This match was awful. It, I mean, it was whatever. I mean, at least it was on oh a Oh, my show. God. I can give you a million things that <laughs> happened that was so poorly booked. Also, who's producing this shit? <laughs> Mick! <laughs> um, I couldn't have booked this one better. Zero. I would have done No, no, no. This was like one of the highlights of my night. This was the best match of the night. I have to agree which, with you. Which was utterly terrible. Not this match, but like the night in general was just terrible. You didn't like this show? I I liked the show. I did not. It I was liked, it was it was worse than their last show was. Jesus. Yeah. Um, okay, here's the thing. I wish it was one fall to a finish. Fuck what the hell? Okay, I will say in their defense, this fatal four elimination thing is a standard in Death Before Dishonor. <sighs> um, here's what the way the EC3 eliminated himself was terrible. Yes. Um, the other three participants were okay, but the last two were amazing. Yes. Um, Again, it should have been a one-on-one -on -one match. If you really wanted the one-on-one -on -one match fetish to happen, then make it happen. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, here's what I really like about this, and I will say this in their defense. They set up two really great matches and a lot of great time to build these matches for final battle. So why didn't they do it for this one and have the fatal four-way at final battle? That's a really good point. I feel like that would have been a little bit better. Had like a double count out thing for Demonic Flamita and EC3. Fuck you, and then, and then have some bullshit thing here with um, Brody King or whatever. Um, I... I personally like the match. I did. Fuck you, Delirious. <laughs> My God. I, would, I couldn't have booked this better. Zero. I love this. No, there was like 0% of nothing you could have booked better about this match. Um, I thought the ending um, was great. I well, like, I thought, I I thought the false finish was terrible. No, I love that. I actually loved that. You, yeah, no, I hated that. No, this made this feel better because then Gresham even still looked like the biggest babyface in the world. Where even maybe yeah, I can I can kind of see that, but I loved this. And I don't also, know. And also, of any person to I'm take, I'm torn on this. And any person to take this belt off of Jonathan Gresham, who built this division, Josh, Josh Woods, Woods had yep. to be the guy. Mm -hmm. Future, right there. I thought it was great. Yeah, and that's and that's why I love this match. It was because I thought this was perfect. Hmm. Fuck <laughs> this shit. Shane Taylor should not have been taken out of this match. This match should not have happened. <laughs> Here's my thing. Because they had to change two people in the match. Why? That's like one-third of the people. And Okay, so number one, Roosh's thing was actually a thing. But I don't care. Shane, they should have. No, no, no. Here's, here's my problem. Shane Taylor came back in the match and attacked Kenny King. Why? Because here's reasons. Here's my thing. This shouldn't have happened. They... They said that fucking Dragon Lee and goddamn um, uh, Kenny King, there we go, won the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, right? Why did you not have a Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championship match? I would have rather with had that. Moses and Khan right. taking on um, Kenny King and Dragon Lee. Yeah, that would have been my thing. That, that, that would have been, been like the first instinct right there and then have um bessia del ring and um shane taylor at ringside exactly that would have been so much better it was so much better so much better i'm sorry 
Bessie I'm, Del I'm, Rey. I'm sorry, Delirious, but we're just booking the fuck out of you. Go the fuck home. We're we're, we're, si- we're sitting here trashing your own shit because I'm I, I love this team. I love the Shane Taylor promotions, but but they, at the same time, broke away from it. Should have been Rouge. Yeah, I'm sorry, and it's not his fault. But at the same time, come they, on, they broke away from it and Bessie and, Adele, Bessie and they, Adele and they Ring, shit themselves in the corner. Here. Bessie Adele Ring should not be wrestling. Might as well put a pull up on shit yourself in the corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, let's move add, on. Add, add somebody else to La Faction Ingo Bernable so Bessia does not have to wrestle exactly. unless it's absolutely necessary. Exactly. They just they did this for reasons. No one cares. Right, exactly. God, it, I hate It sucked. I, I don't like saying that because yeah. I thought that um, they were having a really good six-person division. Yeah. I love their match at the last pay-per-view that we had with Castle, Dak Draper, and uh, Dalton Castle. I thought e- Even then, it was eh. No, I still like that match, though. It was, I did. It was fine. I mean, it just gets worse and worse from here. Let's move on. <laughs> You're just so bitter. I'm, I'm just so bitter. I love this match. It was a great opener, but that's about it. <laughs> You're so What's nice. the point of having this match? There's nothing going into this. Instead of this bullshit, why didn't you have EC3 versus Demonic Flamita? I know, exactly. That would have been a much better Like, opener. Like, what's, what's going into Eli Isom versus Flip Gordon? That's not Flip Gordon. That's um, Dalton Castle. Thank you. <laughs> Again, I really don't care. So, so what's the point in having this rivalry going into I it? I told you. Their, their former partners have turned on each other like Sho and Yo. So yeah. why but, not but, but, emphasize but, that? Right. They did, well, they kind of did. They, they did. They, didn't do, they did a shit job of it. Right. Sho and Yo actually won like titles. If these two like, actually were like teaming for a while and they right. won some titles together, I would have dealt with it. But at the same time, they were only like tag team for like a month. Yeah, no one cares. Right, exactly. Let's move on. Oh, this should have been so much better. So, number one, these teams, they're already established. Why are they facing each other? Because nobody cares. Let's face, like, teams that are just in. How about let's let's face, like, Violence Unlimited and give them a big win or something. Or PCO and Donhausen or something like that. PCO and Steve or whatever the hell fucking No, 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 Brian it's PCO Zane's and Donhausen. Sledge is a part of that team, too. No one cares about it's a Sledge. Person. No one cares about Steve. <laughs> it's all about PCO. Because the chemistry between PCO and Donhausen was very apparent. Right. Within that match. You and I needed, loved it. Right. You needed a you needed a cohesive team. We're not... You we're needed not, something fresh. And here's the thing. We're not shitting on either of these teams. But they're already established. What are you doing? Nobody cares about OGK or the Briscoes as a tag team. Nobody cares. Or against each other. Let's right. have let's have OGK facing a new team. Let's have OGK versus Donhausen and PCO. Right. Or the Briscoes versus the same. Or the Briscoes versus you know whatever. And right. Exactly. The Briscoes versus um, versus Lions Unlimited or whatever. Right. Or Shane Taylor. I mean, there's so many teams. Right. But fuck, man, come on. Why? They did not build this correctly. No. There was no build to this. Oh, Nobody my God. Cared. You know, thanks, thanks, Delirious. Right. Fucking asshole. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Okay. I'm, I'm, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So they built this as a um, two recent releases that face each other. What happened in the match was not their fault. Somebody got hurt. It was kind of like a... It was kind of like a, a Brian Myers versus... Um, Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona's torso. Where they where they had to end it really quickly because somebody legitimately got hurt. Which is fine. That's right. okay. But here's here's the thing that I do like. I like that both of these guys are in Ring of Honor. Yes. Um This I is feel like the perfect place for them. They would have gotten lost in the shuffle in AEW. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they wouldn't have belonged in um Impact. No. I feel like Ring of Honor is a perfect place, and also this really bolsters their roster. Right. And I think that's what they need. So I'm very happy that these two signed a contract. It was as unfortunate that they got lost in, in like and, the and some and some and somebody got hurt. Right. Right. Got hurt. It, it doesn't. It doesn't help. No. Now here's another thing that would have been great for this. Instead of these two facing each other. What about either OGK and the Briscoes versus two guys that were released as tag team partners? Right. 
That would have been a much better introduction. Right. And also, why did they tell us these two before the show? It would have been so much better if they waited until later for the surprise after. Exactly. I didn't even know until they announced it. Wait until the show. That would have been awesome. Yeah, Are you absolutely. kidding? Yeah. 100%. That would have been awesome. Um, this sucked. Yeah, we talked about how much this sucked. Um, the the um the foundation's promo went nowhere. I did not care. I didn't care either. Here's the thing. I I legitimately who, who is who is Jonathan Gresham? Fucking Ric Flair? No, Jay Lethal. You're Jay thinking Lethal. about Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal is he? Jay, Jay, well, I guess I guess they did. The, I guess they did do the whoop. Woo woo. The, the woo off, the best thing in that was the best promo in the history of wrestling. <laughs> it was awesome, but well, okay, okay. In the context of Ring of Honor, Jay Lethal is the Ric Flair of that promotion. But who the fuck cares? Uh, at the same time, um, what was the no? No, it was not the point of Jay Lethal talking. It was what was the point of that happening? There was, was no point. There was a point in time, legitimately, and I am not kidding you. Where I saw that, I'm like, oh my god, Jay Lethal is retiring. I legitimately thought that. <laughs> but it meant nothing. There was no... What was the point? <laughs> you think Jay Lethal's retiring? You're so cute. We knew we knew for a fact that all three of these Aww, guys are finding the so pure... you adorable. <laughs> you thought Jay Lethal was retiring. Well, okay, he came out here and they're oh, all clapping. no. They're all clapping. He's the only one chanting. We know these guys are good in the pure division. There was no point to this. Here, okay, okay, here's... Here's here was what I thought immediately as soon as happened. This company has zero faith with these guys. Zero. Yeah. Because they have the Pretty Jay much. Lethal, they had Dr Jay Lethal and the foundation come out there. One of the guys that. just signed a contract with AEW. That's a little faith they have in him. And one of them's a former Ring of Honor pure champion already. Yeah. You know what here's here's my thing. Here's my thing. I, I think this is exactly what happened. This was a last-minute call because this match stunk up the room so bad that they had to get the foundation out there to cut a promo to make sure that none of these guys were buried. I can almost guarantee you that was the problem. Violence Unlimited has already been buried. They're, they're Violence Unlimited sucks. I cannot suck. take them. Other than Brody King, I can take none of them seriously. Yeah, they suck. They were Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, and they lost them before we knew it. That's true. We didn't even know. P Tyre Height didn't even know they lost until, oh, they lost the Tag Team Champions on RHTV last week. Again, problems with the booking is that Ring of Honor is so irrelevant. Right. Why didn't you show this on the pre-show before they came out there and talked? It's like... Wait, when the fuck did Kenny King and Dragon Lee win the Ring of Honor World I, Tag Team I Champions? Know, I know when NWA champions change before Ring of Honor champions change. That is how irrelevant this fucking this shit is. I mean, this was a bad match. Um, they did this out of nowhere. This was a mess. It was, Thank, it was terrible. Thank God they waited for the final part to have the title matches. Because all the title matches were good to excellent. At the very least. Okay. I mean, goddamn. I mean, Delirious, we just booked your shit in 13 minutes. And I guarantee you booked this for months. And we did it in 13 minutes. Oh, my God. And you know for a goddamn fact, you and I can sit here and book the entire fucking show for months leading up to this goddamn show. And it'd be so much better than what it was. Yeah. Because you're right. To be honest with you, I totally forgot that Homicide and Chris Dickinson were the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions until you just mentioned that. Yeah. No idea. Zero. That's how bad that was. Yeah. It was, it's just, it was just terrible. Bad. Just uh, bad. I know. 100%. So, uh, thank you all for listening or watching. If you didn't I know, I have an idea oh. for... Um, yeah, what's what's going on next week? I have an idea. Okay. Hold on. Because there is no... 
I'm going to see if they have, because, uh, you know, Wrestling Observer Newsletter just released her top ten. Right. I wonder if they release any of their awards yet. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, maybe we'll do something with that. I'll, I'll announce it beforehand. I'll we definitely will. will. Um, hold on. Let's take a looky. Let's, well, take, well, let's take a looky wookie. Well, while you're doing that, let they me have not released 2021 awards. Not yet. Not yet. They're getting close. I can almost tell. Yeah. So um, next week, so either it's going to be the um, award ceremony thing for them, and we'll talk about that in length, or I had an idea about um, going through what makes a great wrestling show. Ooh, that might be interesting, too. So we have two really good ones. I'll announce it beforehand. So if you did enjoy this video or if you're listening to this, remember to like this video or the podcast, subscribe wherever you are, and share it with your friends on all of your social medias. Follow us on ours with the link trees down below. And uh, let us know what you think of Death Before Dishonor. Did you like it? Did you not? I want to hear from you in the comments down below. And as always, be majestic.